Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Can you believe it's almost Thanksgiving? I know. A week from this Thursday. Crazy. 11 days or something, right? Yes. Yes. I was almost ready to start calculating the number of shopping days left until Christmas, but I didn't go there. Uh, Yeah, I never start shopping until like a day before anyway. And you never buy anything for me. I'm trying to. Uh, I, I and has he ever given you anything, Andy? No, but I've never given him anything. So oh, I'm, okay, I understand. Makes you even. <laughs> I understand. Are we going to become those people that are, like give gifts at work all the time? <laughs> we don't have to. No, lot, we don't. That's a lot of pre- that's a lot of pressure, you know. Yeah. Uh, although, if I could find soap on a rope, I would definitely get you some. <laughs> Do they still make that? I have no idea. I imagine you could still get it online somewhere. <laughs> can make your own. You can make your own, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I have time for yeah. right, right before the holidays. <laughs> make <laughs> your own soap on a rope. Crafting. <laughs> um, you know what I'm looking forward to? Uh, the Thanksgiving sandwich. Have you ever oh, heard me talk about this? Yeah. Get some sourdough bread. You put uh, your leftover turkey, uh, some leftover stuffing, leftover cranberry sauce, leftover mashed potatoes, all on a sandwich. Heat it up a little bit. Oh, that's the best. Oh, and some gravy. Mm. It's the best sandwich. That would be good. There's something to be thankful for. Yes. Oh, yeah. That and making uh, turkeys out of paper plates, you know, where you (laughs) outline your hand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's do that today what make little uh let's make projects thanksgiving activities yeah. for for thanksgiving yeah Just okay trace your hand and cut it out all right yeah. that's fun <laughs> and that ladies and gentlemen is and what you have to look forward to over the next couple of hours name the turkey then we have to come up with a name for the animal okay Okay. What's your name for the your turkey? I don't know yet. If that's not too personal of a question. We'll, we'll just call it turkey. I'm calling mine dinner. There. Okay. <laughs> calling mine delicious. <laughs> we have something very exciting to start to today's show, Shwani, Andy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is normally where we would do our Sunday morning. Oh, that's what I was yeah. missing. Yeah. I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. Because we have something... <laughs> Something brand new Uh-oh. and super exciting. Something new? Something new. On this show. <laughs> <laughs> and they said it couldn't be done. Yeah, they said it couldn't be done. Something new on this show that's been recycling. <laughs> we've, we've been into saving the environment for years on this show. Are you ready? Ready. Are you excited? I am. Yes. All right. Hit it. Digging that. I have an official DJ jingle 
shout deal. That was cool. Right? That was really boss. On a windy city morning. <laughs> that was out of sight. Right? Well, you can expect to hear that about 500 times uh, in the next hour. <laughs> that was new. That, that was indeed new, right? Yes. Right? That's awesome. It's cool. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, <laughs> not exactly sure how we'll use that. Did you ask for this? No. Oh, you didn't? I never asked for anything. No, of course not. I'm a giver. No. I'm not a taker. No. I'm a giver. <laughs> You know that about me. Uh, yeah. I do nothing but give, give, give. <laughs> uh, and uh, no, they surprised me. They uh, they sent it to me and said that they thought it would be uh, that it's you know it's a nice thing to add to the show. And it really is. Uh, that is really great. Yeah. Only took thirty years to get one. Now you're going to play it every minute and a half. Now, aren't you? Yeah, it's Jack. In, it's in power rotation. <laughs> Hit it, Jack. Anytime, Dean Richards. Oh, right. See what I mean? Anytime there's a lull in the show, <laughs> which, Dean Richards. As we know, happens quite often on this show. This is what you'll hear. Dean Richards. I'm already annoyed by. Oh, it. why? That is great. <laughs> Hey, time of the that wasn't me. Hey, <laughs> one more time. Dean Richards. <laughs> WGN. Yeah, man. Then we slam into Bachman Turner Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one collateral damage portion of that, and I had to watch Shawnee dance. <laughs> oh, you were dancing to that? Oh, couldn't help it. He was swinging to the music. Wait a minute. Hey. I was really, really on the move. He was loosening stuff doing? up a little bit. You know, it would be great if we had one that said, Dave Schwan. <laughs> Far-flung forecast. <laughs> okay, there's the next project right there. <laughs> Compass and Protractor. <laughs> GPS. Wait, I want to try something. Wait a second. Hang, on. Hang on one second. Because that's like, the, we're geeked out because this takes us. This, right back to 1969. This takes us right back to our top 40 you DJ oh, yeah. roots. Yes, sir. Right. All right, I want to I try something here. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. Uh, okay, wait, that goes there. That goes there. Computers. Love them. <laughs> All right, Jack, hit it one more time. Dean Richards on a windy city weekend. WGN. Yeah, man, there's a Sunday morning on WGN. <laughs> yeah, I remember back in my couldn't top 40. Come, you couldn't do it anymore. You couldn't walk up to the post, could yeah, you? Right. I could have. But that was, the, the jingle is supposed to serve as that you know announcement there. That's right. It's the bridge. Yeah, we had uh, we had co- color codes to our jingles back mm, in our day. Yeah. Because if you're going into a slow song, you didn't want to play an upbeat jingle. Right. You wanted to play one that matched the music. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, radio in the 70s was pretty much dominated by uh, sticky colored dots. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Yellow, if I remember correctly, yellow was slow, blue was medium, and black was fast. Yeah, that's why radio was so great. Yeah, so we had green dots, yellow, 
I can't remember all the, but you are right about the the yeah. dots and the yeah, yeah. color Fox, coding. Did yeah. you have the hot clocks? Oh yeah, as yes, they were yes. Format oh, yeah. clock, yeah, yeah. 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 Got to be playing music over <laughs> with the hot clock. We had four in a row. No <laughs> talk next. Yeah, we're taking breaks at certain times to maximize the time spent <laughs> listening, man. Sweep that quarter hour, baby. <laughs> ah, we are dorks. Well, anyway, there's our new toy. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, we'll going to be hearing that a lot. Now I'm going to try not to annoy you too much about it. All right. <laughs> Just give me a All heads right. up so I can look the other way from Shawnee right. dancing. All right, one more time. <laughs> Dean Richards on a windy city weekend. Hey, this is the first. I'm finally, after all these years, I'm sick of myself. <laughs> I, I finally, never thought I'd hear that. I finally agree I with all of you I'd haters on, the, on social media. <laughs> I can't stand myself after that. <laughs> uh, okay, then. Good. <laughs> I'm going home now. All right. Thea, thanks for listening. Hey, good night, everybody. Thank goodness Joe Brand's in the other room ready to go. <laughs> Actually, he is. I know. I know. I saw him. I saw him. Uh, so here we are, uh, one week after the Tree Time show. We missed you, Andy. I missed you guys as well. I listened to most of the show here in the studio. Yeah, we missed you out yeah. there. We had a lot of fun. I think we had a lot of fun. Did we? We did have a lot of fun. Like of course, fun, we yeah. always do. Did we have a lot of fun? I we do. We how How can we miss? We have the best listeners in the world. You said that, that over and over. It's true, though. Yeah. You say that over and, and over. And we had the wedding ceremony that brought a tear to everybody's eye. Nice. It was a little emotional, it wasn't really it? really was. Melissa and Bruce, uh, mm-hmm. as far as I know, they're still married. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I haven't heard that. So far, all the marriages that I've conducted, that I've officiated, uh, have stuck. <laughs> They're all going strong. Yeah. So I think I'm good luck. You them. haven't been summoned to I haven't, been, I haven't been called to testify in any uh, proceedings. Uh, but uh, it was it was it was really very nice. We had. I don't know what do we have like a, a dozen couples, Shwani, that uh, wanted to do their vow renewals. Right, right. And you went to each and every one for every line yeah. that was in the uh, renewal. I tried to personalize it a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, and it was sweet and very nice. And then uh, Melissa, Melissa was the one who contacted me because I I'd been saying I don't think we're going to have a wedding. No one has contacted us. And Melissa and Bruce, uh, Melissa called and said. We're going to get married in the courthouse this coming week anyway. Uh, can we come and do it on the show? It's like, yeah, come on. She had a beautiful dress on, and uh, Bruce had a great suit, a semi-formal be- suit, beautiful. It was, yeah. it was really nice. Uh, we, you know, we walked. That, <laughs> we had Jim Elton. Jim Toronto was uh, the. Uh, maid of honor slash father of the bride <laughs> walked her down the aisle and uh we had a lovely ceremony and uh it was a lot of people said they were tearing up a little bit during, during. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's cool yep of people say that every week about the show that <laughs> that we make them sick <laughs> yeah that's I think why that they tear up cry. i think that means cry <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was nice. And thanks to uh, Laurie and Joe Kane from Tree Time. Uh, they were wonderful hosts to us. And we had, uh, you know, and as Shwani pointed out, uh, standing room only crowd. Yep. 
uh, before we even started. Yep, People awesome. were waiting to get in, I'm told, at 6.30 in the morning. They were. I was still in bed at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, nice, uh, very nice time. And thank, thank you, everybody who came out. Uh, it was uh, very pleasant. It's a perfect way to start the season. That's true. Very true. Yep. Yep. And and not only were they there at the start of the show, but the crowd was consistent. I mean, we had uh, you know a full house uh, throughout the program, all four hours. Right. Yeah. I mean, most people. I think most people stayed for the whole show. Right. A lot of them did. Yeah. Seems right. Seems like it. But mm-hmm. people, you know, they filtered in and out. They went and did shopping at uh, Tree Time because they were having that Dean's discount oh, that's uh, right. thing. 15% off, uh, and, uh, you know, we had Lou Melnati's brought uh, pizza by for everybody, Anderson's Candy uh, brought candy for everybody, uh, so, you know, we fed the crowd, we, uh, we, we, fed, we fed them both physically and emotionally, I like to think. <laughs> it was a complete Sunday. I think spiritually we filled you up. Everyone left, everyone left gratified Stop. and satisfied. Right. Yes, it was like Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> you, uh, if you didn't wear elastic pants to our show, that's your fault. <laughs> that's your big mistake for not. Now I know what I'm going to get you for Christmas. <laughs> Elast- elastic pants. Wow. You With are... the big snap on the front, <laughs> and I'd like one on the on the, on the back, the flap on the. Remember those? What were those things called? Oh. Oh. Little trap door, trap door. <laughs> trap door on what was it like long long okay, John's? There long it underwear, is. yeah, long John's. That's it. That's what you're getting for Christmas. <laughs> I don't think it's acceptable. I think I'd have to call HR if you gave me underwear for Christmas. <laughs> I don't think that's acceptable these okay, days. Okay, then we'll figure out something else. Then. <laughs> it's one of those things that you could do years ago, but you can't do now. Yeah, I gave my the guy I work with at work. I gave him some underwear. <laughs> I'm going to call HR now. <laughs> you are wanted upstairs. So uh, we had the lovely wedding. We had, uh, a bu- man, I had a busy week. Uh, we had got a first look at the new Betty Boop musical that's going to be opening in Chicago before it goes to Broadway. It's called Boop, the Betty Boop uh, musical. Do you re- even remember Betty Boop? You both might yeah. be a little too young. Andy definitely is I too do young. I remember. You yeah. aren't. <laughs> Either are you, Grandpa. Good <laughs> news for you. Do you remember the cartoons? No. Just, you know, the image, but on a regular basis watching it on TV? No, Boop, I don't. Boopy-doo? You don't remember? No. Be- Betty Boop? No. no. I think uh, Betty Boop was a stronger image in my uh, household because it was my mother's favorite cartoon ah sure betty boop so had to watch it was created in uh 1930 for uh, these i guess it was a comic strip first and then uh after that became an animated series and uh my mom was in love with betty boop she you know when it, when if it was on tv uh we all had to stop and watch it and uh she, you know, passed it on to her grandchildren and great great grandchildren. So everybody in our family is uh, aware of, uh, you know, Betty Boop and the Betty Boop cartoons. Now that's being made into a Broadway musical, hmm. and we got a first look at it. We'll hear a couple of songs from it, 
but also talked to the star of the show, uh, Jasmine Ray Rogers is her name, but also the guy that did the music for the show is a 16-time Grammy winner, David Foster. You know David Foster, right, Shawnee? He wrote the song After the Love is Gone, yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire, yes. And so many songs. Great writer. Sure. For Soundtracks. We- yeah, soundtracks mm-hmm. for Whitney Houston, for Mariah Carey, for all the big stars. He's a big deal musically, and he wrote the music for the show. First time ever he's done it for a Broadway musical. So we'll get to that. We'll have our conversations with them, but also couple of exclusive songs from the show that we'll share for you. Uh, also, we've got our, uh, our far-flung forecast. Far-flung forecast! And a very special one this week. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Well, now I can't wait. A very special one. Let's get these commercials going so we can get right to it. 28 and time once again for the famous far-flung forecast. See how I threw an extra F word in there? Yeah, I did. Yep. Uh, the now fa- you're really going to trip me up. The famous far-flung forecast, our weekly compendium of fascinating facts and figures. More F words to share with you as it is all presented to you by, imagine this in a DJ jingle, Dave Swan. Well, thank you very much, Dean. Good morning, everyone. Get out your compasses and protractors and newfangled GPS devices because today we head to Billings, Montana. Billings, Montana. Billings, Montana. So this is a special far-flung. This forecast. is a spe- because of the because of the individual involved oh, with this. Yes, Billings, I, Montana, yes. is the largest city in Montana, mm-hmm. population of over one hundred and seventeen thousand, and it's named for. A man by the name of Billings, uh, <clears throat> Frederick Billings, uh, they called him. The, anyway. I wonder if they named the city after this guy. They, they did. Yeah. They did. Yes. He was uh, part of the railroad. That his name period. wasn't uh, Farquhar. No, no. Frederick Some Billings. Frederick, Frederick Farquhar Billings. would be a fantastic <laughs> name for somebody. <laughs> two more F words, two by more, the way. Exactly. Uh, but uh, Billings, Montana is, as we say, the largest city in the state of Montana and was home to a gentleman who we just lost this past Tuesday and one of the great heroes of the space program, also a veteran, Frank Borman, died in Billings, Montana this past Tuesday at the age of 95. And he was born in Gary, born in Gary, Indiana, and moved when he was young to Arizona, uh, entered uh, the Air Force, and was the commander of Apollo 8, the very first mission to the moon. And of course, everyone who was alive then will never, ever forget them reading from the book of Genesis when they circled the moon on Christmas Eve. And some years later, there was a reunion with uh, Frank Borman, Chicago's own Jim Lovell, and uh, Bill Anders, who was the third person aboard, talking about how they came up with the uh, idea to come to read from the creation story uh, in the book of Genesis. And Borman said after several people couldn't come up with what to say as they did so, uh, the uh, wife of writer Joe Layton came up with the idea to mm. read from the book of Genesis. Mm. Incidentally, we never we never got that. We didn't clear it. We didn't. Win. I don't think I don't think you guys even knew what we were going to. That, that was a, that was a genius of this country. It was wonderful. And from the crew of Apollo Eight, we close with good night, good luck, a merry Christmas, and God bless all of you, all of you on the good earth. 
That, of course, was wow. uh, Frank Borman. Uh, you remember watching that, I Dean? I do, I do, yeah. I you, do. As I say, if you watch that Christmas Eve in 1968, you will never, ever forget it. Yeah. But uh, Frank Borman, Commander Borman, died at 95 in Billings, Montana, where they have clear skies and 37 degrees. We could use some heroes like that. We sure could. These days. Yes, indeed. Those guys were true, true, true American heroes. Very, very nice. 38. Happy Sunday morning to you, beautiful sunny morning. Lots planned between now and 11.30 today, including our weekly visit with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Delightful to see you out at Tree Time last week. Uh, the last I saw Kevin, he was taking pictures with all the fans. You are a fan favorite, my friend. Nice to have you here. Well, Dean, thanks for the invite. It's, you know, it's always good to spend some time with all you guys, and it's good to see Swanee, good to see, you know, uh, Elton Jim, uh, often great to see Marlene Wells. So yeah. uh, I really appreciate it. It was fun. It was a good time, and I uh, uh, just appreciate a lot of uh, what the people shared with me, and that's uh, that's encouraging. Yeah, Kevin, uh, so, so generous. Uh, I mean, answering people's questions. Once you got off the air, you know, people – coming up and saying hello and uh, asking questions and uh, very, very generous with your time. Very nice uh, of you to do that. Uh, before we get into some Thanksgiving things, uh, anything new on the COVID vaccination front? Anything, uh, you know, that we all should know uh, regarding that right now? No, nothing really pressing. We're starting to see more cases in the community, so that should be a little concerning. And starting to see more influenza. So, um, coming into these scale you know, a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, a little bit concerning. Hospitals are not filled with respiratory uh, uh, patients, but certainly we're seeing just an uptick in more hospitalizations. So um, I would say, hey, you know, this is your opportunity. If you haven't gotten your influenza shot, haven't gotten your COVID shot, please get it this week. You need 10 to 14 days for full coverage. So that will get you right up to Thanksgiving, and especially if you're going to be traveling because it's going to be a very busy traveling holiday yeah you're going to be around a lot of people uh probably without masks uh, so you know offer yourself some protection and those around you uh we're pretty much at the cutoff point right now right before for the vaccine to do any good to take effect uh, by the time thanksgiving is here and you get into your holiday travel period yeah, absolutely. People think, you know, I got the shot yesterday, I'm good today, and that's not the way. You know, it, it's us just reminding your immune system and building that immunity up, and that's why it takes about 10 to 14 days to reach its full effect. And that's what you want. Going to airports, being in, in crowded family environments, often with grandparents, you know, you want to make sure that you're protecting them and protecting the young children you're going to be exposed to. Yeah. Uh, somebody has texted in from the 630 area code already asking, what is the self-quarantine, self-isolation once a person does test positive these days for COVID? Because everyone says, oh, it's not that severe. It's not like the old days with uh, COVID. Uh, you know, do I still need to do self-quarantine and self-isolation? Yeah, you, you really should. You have to remember that we're contagious even before you have symptoms. The virus is there, it's replicating, and you can obviously spread the illness. And then certainly once you get symptoms, you are definitely going to be contagious. So waiting till those symptoms end, adding about five days on to the end of that is probably going to be the safest for you. 
Now, individuals who are taking Paxlovid are going to see those symptoms drop down a lot quicker. So certainly that will shorten the duration. But, you know, our goal is to stop the spread. And like you said, it might be a little bit more mild. It's more mild than the healthy individual, the one who's been vaccinated. It's not so much mild in the uh, older individuals as well as in the very small. So, you know, put yourself in that thing. Get to the end of your symptoms, try to isolate for another five days, and really, by that time, you will be fine to be out and around. Yeah, in other words, all the people you're going to be around, the older people and younger people, all the people you're probably going to share a Thanksgiving table with. So, you know, take the uh, take the appropriate precautions on that. Speaking of the Thanksgiving table, this is the show every year we like to call the show where everyone hates Kevin most. Uh, because... <laughs> Because this is the one where he tells us uh, things that we should and should not eat for uh, Thanksgiving time, what kind of limits we should put on ourselves on the day traditionally known for overindulging like crazy. So uh, where, where, party pooper, do we start with all of this? Well, you know, Dean, I think I think if everybody goes into it with open eyes and understands exactly what they're taking in, then they can really make some big decisions as to how I'm going to eat, what I'm going to do, and what am I going to do for the three days after Thanksgiving before I go back to work on Monday. So I think really it's more about awareness. I don't want to ruin the holiday. It's a wonderful holiday, but I certainly want people to be aware of it because I'll tell you, as everybody knows, it's easier to put on pounds than to take off pounds. Yeah, no, that's for sure. So, uh, where do we where do we even start? Well, let's start with the the turkey. I mean, the, a turkey if roasted in the oven is uh, it's pretty healthy, right? Absolutely. You know, turkey as a protein source is great. Now, I would say you you, you made a very good point. Roasted in the oven. This is we're not talking about the deep fried ones that individuals do. And probably what people really need to know is take off that skin. The skin is where we have a lot of fat and a lot of calories, where the turkey meat itself, especially the white meat, very high in protein and and actually good for you. So don't put a lot of salt on it. Just enjoy the flavor of the turkey and take that skin off, and you're going to be much healthier. Yeah, I was reading uh, an article about hidden places where salt and sodium live, and uh, virtually every processed thing that there is, things that are in jars, Things that we that we eat all the time are loaded with salt and sodium, but so are turkeys. I mean, they in, inject uh, a lot. A lot of the places where you're buying your turkeys, they've been injected with uh, sodium for taste, for moisture control. Uh, unless you're buying like an organic bird or bird that is, uh, you know, from a farm, uh, something like that, uh, you're probably getting uh, more than your share of sodium just from that before you put any gravy or anything on the turkey you definitely are and you kind of hit it on the head and people don't understand how bad sodium is up for us you know anybody who has heart disease really got to monitor how much sodium you take because like you said it's that hidden sodium look at the ingredients on any processed food and you're going to see sodium on there and it's going to be one of the you know leading candidates as far as ingredients so really understand how much sodium you're taking in because you really it it makes us work it makes our heart work harder 
and certainly wants we want to stay away from it as much as you can. Yeah, it raises your blood pressure, right? Isn't that the, one of the leading causes of high blood pressure, uh, an excessive amount of uh, salt and or sodium? Absolutely. That's the biggest thing it does is it does raise your blood pressure. And, you know, for most of us who just eat regularly without even looking at things and will eat some processed foods, you're probably getting almost close to 4,000 milligrams of sodium. Where really our guidelines, what we should be taking in, is close to half of that, 2,200 milligrams of sodium. So certainly, uh, if you have heart disease in the family, if you have high blood pressure, please, people say, how do we get off my blood pressure medicine? Well, you exercise, you eat properly, and we say eat properly, really decrease your intake of sodium. We don't need to put salt on everything we eat. Yeah, this uh, article that I was reading uh, said that if you simply reduced your salt intake by one teaspoon, it would make a significant difference. That would have a significant effect in improving your health. Just one teaspoon of salt that you eliminate from uh, your diet. Uh, and, you know, it, it goes on to talk about, uh, you know, where where salt is hiding uh, in certain foods that you wouldn't even expect it to be in, like, sweetened uh, salad dressings and uh, canned uh, canned products. Almost all the canned products, those we need to consider to be processed foods. Uh, those are loaded. As Kevin said, if you look at the ingredients, salt or sodium is going to be one of the top ingredients listed there because it's loaded with it because it tastes good. Exactly. And... It tastes good, and then it's going to make you come back and buy that same product. So, you know, the, the, the manufacturers are smart, um, but they're not looking out for your health. So, really, you have to be careful, especially said canned foods, processed foods, those are the biggest ones. Okay. What about uh, the, the side dishes that we love uh, for uh, Thanksgiving dinner, for the, the stuffings, uh, for uh, potatoes, uh, you know, things like that? Are, are all those – all those things seem like they would be – fairly healthy, maybe not the stuffing so much, uh, but uh, all the rest, it, it, is it just really about portions at that point? Um, yeah, it's about portion control, and it's also about preparation, right? What's green bean casserole, probably one of the favorites for people, right? And it's that time of, boy, if you just, and you think you're eating healthy because you're eating green beans, when in fact the amount of sodium and fat that actually are in the soup that help make the green bean casserole are where you're where your problems are. So, yeah, if you eat properly and eat the right amounts, then you're going to be fine. You look at something like sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes by themselves are great, great source of, of uh, fiber, great source of vitamins. But now when you put marshmallows and brown sugar on them, you kind of have, you know, dampened the health effect of those, of those, uh, of the sweet potatoes. But certainly I'm not going to take that away from everybody for the holiday because it is, you know, do it uh, half the spoonful that you thought you were going to have. Yeah. Let me take a break. We'll come back, talk a little bit more about all the stuff you shouldn't eat for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have other questions for Dr. Most, 312-981-7200. With Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital, a text from the 224 says, Why would my sodium levels be low? For my last two physicals, almost everybody is borderline high blood pressure. Here is somebody with low blood pressure. What causes that, Kev? Well, 
it's interesting because uh, the way you ask the question, is it a low sodium level or a low blood pressure level? Mm. So if it's a low blood pressure level, actually, and you feel fine, that's actually good because it, the body is going to make sure that it pumps enough blood at the heart at the level that it needs to to perfuse your brain and your kidneys and your heart. So if you take a world-class athlete, a marathon runner, a world-class tennis player, they have blood pressures that are amazingly low. It just means that their heart is working more efficiently. It's a more efficient pump than for the rest of us. So having low blood pressure, as long as you don't have symptoms, in other words, I'm sitting down, I get up suddenly, do I feel any weak? Do I feel dizziness? You know, individuals who have low blood pressure and are still completely functional, you have a very healthy heart. Uh, they say that your uh, sodium intake should be about 500 milligrams uh, per day. Those are the guidelines uh, for that. Two slices of bread uh, have 500 milligrams of salt. Just two slices of bread. That's it. Uh, a pickle will have a full day's worth of salt in it. And a bowl of soup, presumably from a can, has several days worth of salt in it. Some of these hidden places where salt and sodium live. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so if we can identify where the salt is and the sodium is and we try to eliminate that from our diet, people are going to say, well, my food tastes bland now. And that nail. okay, there's a couple of things that are about that. One is you'll eat less, so that's good. But really, we want to make sure that people still have flavorful food. So to use garlic instead of salt is a great option. To use lemon juice, to use pepper, yeah. yep. um, you know, onion powder. There's a lot of alternatives for sodium, for salt, that will still add great flavor to your, to your meals and make uh, eating still enjoyable. Yeah, I put very little salt in the things that I prepare. I, I use lemon a lot, though. Fresh lemon, uh, is I think is so much more flavorful, but it gives the you know the enhancement uh, that you're looking for for that. Eight one five area code. Uh, what's the verdict on butter for Thanksgiving? Any good substitute? <laughs> My biggest food issue is cholesterol. Okay. So yeah, certainly you know we do put a lot of butter. Think about all the places that you use butter during the meal. Whether you're putting it on your mashed potatoes, whether you're putting it on your rolls. And, and, and it's used in cooking a lot. Yeah. But they do have many alternatives for butter. You know, you can use olive oil. You can use other vegetable oils, which are, which are good. You can use yogurt in some, of the, in some of the recipes instead of adding butter. And look out there. There's, there's, you know, there's other options that are out there. You know, can't believe it's butter where it's more of a protein-based. There's other ones, you know, Smart Balance. There's a couple of them out there that you can look and say zero grams of fat, zero cholesterol, and still will add the flavor that you want. Okay. It's all right. Because so, there was a question for a while, wasn't there, about whether or not butter substitutes a la margarine, things like that, were any better for you? Absolutely. You know, we looked at it and said, okay, some of them, we got to be careful when we say, what is better for you? You know, what, what should we be using? So certainly we know that some of the cooking, certainly using some of the olive oils, which we know are healthy from the Mediterranean diet, to replace the butter is certainly going to be helpful. <clears throat> it's going to be more on the spreads and what you're going to use for the spreads. So I just say we'd be careful there. Here's Ruth for Dr. Kevin Most on WGN. Hello. Hi. Uh, I have a question about sodium and salt. Uh, one medical uh, person said that sodium and salt are the same 
and the other one said that they are I'm they're separate. So what's the story? I'm confused. <laughs> right. So if we look at regular salt, you know, regular salt, what is it? It's sodium chloride. So we know that that is, there is sodium in salt. All of salt is not sodium, obviously. It's two chemicals put together. But really what we're looking at is, is that the sodium portion of it, which is causing the problem, and the biggest place for that is, quote-unquote, in salt. So it's, is it a generic word? Well, yeah, it's a kind of a combo word. But certainly sodium is in salt. So don't, uh, don't think otherwise. Yeah, def- very definitely. Um, we'll talk a, a little bit more about, uh, you know, smart choices to make for Thanksgiving. Uh, as, as we've said, uh, you know, many times in the past, Kevin's not out to ruin your Thanksgiving. He's just trying to, you know, plant a few seeds in there so you can be aware of uh, making some good choices on Thanksgiving Day. Kev, have a great Sunday today, and uh, thanks again for joining us. We always appreciate it. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon. So as you know, uh, Victory Auto Wreckers will be shutting their doors for good at the end of the month. You made the announcement at tree time last week. We made the announcement. Uh, it was official. Kyle Weisner, the owner of Victory Auto Wreckers, joined us on the show last week and made the announcement. Time, it's time for him and his family to you know relax a little bit. And they've decided to uh, close the doors, which, uh, you know, closes the doors on, uh, you know, maybe one of the most talked about things that I have done (laughs) over the past uh, 31 years. That old car might be worth money. Call Victory Auto Wreckers at 860-2000 for a quote. Listen to how young I sound. No matter what condition your car's in. Victory tows seven days a week. You you recorded that in your um, pretend radio station on the Southwest. (laughs) You were in Diamond When I was 12? (laughs) Just about. I recorded that in 1991. Oh, wow. And it's been on the air we changed it one time when the when the area codes changed. Yeah, that's when you had to change it. Yes, <laughs> when we added area codes to all the numbers. But those that that commercial has been on the air since then. Victory Auto Records has been around, as we learned, since the 1940s, right after World War II ended. Was it wasn't his father the one that started the yes, business then? Yes. yes, but a lot of companies were adding Victory to their names right, uh, exactly. following following the end of World War II. Yep. And yep. Victory Auto Records was one of those things. I never knew that until recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's how long they've been around at 710 East Bensonville near O'Hare mm-hmm. uh, this whole time. And, uh, yeah, they're shutting their doors. So this coming Tuesday on the WGN uh, TV Morning News, I'm going to be doing my, my entertainment segments out at Victory Auto Records. How did you end up doing the voice work for that in the first place? It, well, you know, I got well, the first thing I did when I joined WGN Television, I was there, uh, what was called the booth announcer. I was the guy that's, you know, told you, you know, the Cubs are brought to you by blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, sure. Uh, yeah. You know, I would do all the commercials and, uh, you know, I did all the off camera announcing. And literally, one of the very first things that I did the first week that I started was that Victory Auto Records commercial. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just, a, just a coincidence. They handled luck, it. Yeah. Uh, Floyd Brown had done it before me. Carl Grayson had done it before him. So I was the third voice on Victory Auto Records, but I think mine was the longest. Yeah, I think I remember Floyd doing it, too. Yeah, for the 31 years. So anyway, if uh, you're 
if, if you're going to be out looking for used car parts on Tuesday morning. <laughs> or big watch bands. <laughs> and who isn't? <laughs> Bell-bottom uh, pants. Yeah, come on and out. And car doors that fall off the car. <laughs> <laughs> come on out and say hi. I'll be out there. All, Annabella Val and I uh, both oh. will, will, will both be out there. Oh, it'll never be the same. <laughs> they, they're going to have to close their doors for good after that. But how about this for a bonus guest booking? Joining us in about an hour, the guy that the car door fell oh, off on. Excellent. Oh, yes. Excellent. The original guy, Bob Zydell is his name. Excellent. He was a... Uh, That's uh, a great radio name. Hey, man, Bob Zydell. Now we need a new jingle. Bob Zydell. Bob Zydell. Hey, the doors are falling off and I'm playing the rock and roll, man. <laughs> uh, I, uh, we tracked him down. He's going to join us to reflect on that commercial that has made him part of television lore will he be wearing the watch band while he does the interview i asked him he tells me he still owns that watch band yes that big, excellent thick watch band and excellent he, he still owns that t-shirt that he was wearing, <laughs> oh, yes. where he opens the car door and the door falls off he we has, need now you know we need to put this in the museum of broadcast communications now his uh, watch band t-shirt yes and the door yeah and, and the, the door, car door right <laughs> and the car door yeah that's true so uh, a lot of victory auto records memories uh, this morning in about an hour with bob zydell and then uh, Tuesday morning on WGN TV Morning News. It's going to be that's a, going to be fun and historic. It and will be historic thing. Uh, so you know the, the only thing left that I have to say to end this segment. Let's hear it. Dean Richards on a windy city weekend. I'm so sick of myself. Ten fourteen, Dean Richard, Sunday morning, WGN. Actor Timothy Chalamet hosted Saturday Night Live last night. He did a funny spoof of this song about the actor strike being uh, over, uh, asking people to come into a world of selfless promotion. <laughs> Actors are going to be out now that they can talk about their films, uh, that the strike is over. But I wanted to bring up uh, Willy Wonka, a.k.a. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, because we're going to be doing our next Dean's Night Out on November 19th, week from today. Uh, out at the Paramount Theater in Aurora, you can win a pair of tickets to join me to see the show and join me for a pre-show reception that we have. All you have to do is go to wgnradio.com slash contest. Today's the last day that you can enter for that, but if you enter, then you could win a pair of tickets to join me for this Dean's Night Out uh, to see. I'm so curious to see what they're going to do with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They always do such amazing productions out at the product, at the uh, Paramount. Uh, I can only imagine uh, the colorful, beautiful sets and how they're going to do uh, the, you know, the, the Wonderland and the Oompa Loompas and uh, all of that. I'm really looking forward to it. Would love to see you there as well. You can enter today, wgnradio.com slash contest, if you would like to join me uh, for that. Coming up in just a moment, uh, a, a longtime pal, Kelly Cervantes, the wife of Miguel Cervantes, who played Alexander Hamilton 
during its uh, run here in Chicago, its first run here in Chicago. Miguel is now doing that role on Broadway. Uh, Miguel and Kelly suffered the loss of their four-year-old daughter, Adelaide. Uh, She died of a, a rare form of complications of epilepsy. And these two parents had to do the unthinkable, mourn the loss of a child. Kelly has written a book about grief and loss, and we'll talk with her when we come right back. It's 1019, this is Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. And uh, the other day on WGN TV Morning News, a longtime friend stopped by the show to talk about a new book that she had just written. It's called Normal Broken, The Grief Companion for when it's time to heal, but you're not sure that you want to. Uh, Kelly Cervantes, along with her husband, Miguel, who has been on the show many times, uh, when he was here starring as Alexander Hamilton in uh, Hamilton, an American musical here in Chicago, uh, you know, was, was going strong and selling out shows every day. Miguel is now starring in that same role on Broadway. And uh, Kelly and Miguel... Uh, suffered the unthinkable. Uh, they lost their little daughter, Adelaide, to complications of a rare form of epilepsy. And uh, I, I cannot even imagine uh, the pain and the grief uh, that goes along with something like that. Uh, it's something that you never wish on anyone, but uh, Kelly and Miguel uh, have uh, dealt with it. And uh, Kelly is... Uh, channeling uh, that grief into trying to help others who may be going through something like that as well through her new book. Uh, she was here to t- in town the other day to talk uh, to us about it. And Kelly, I'm glad you could join us this morning to chat a little about this. How was your How was your time here in Chicago? Are you still here, or did you go back to uh, New Jersey yet? Uh, no, I'm actually in Omaha now. Oh, wow. so continuing on on the book tour. So I was I was raised in Omaha. So I am coming back oh. coming back to my hometown after Chicago. So to do an event here later today. Okay, all right. Uh, how difficult was it to write this book? Well, I mean, was it difficult? Did it rip scabs off like crazy, or was it in some way healing for you? You know, it was a little bit of both. It was, you know, I don't think that you can write about grief and sit in your grief and these dark moments and not have it be like picking a scab open. But at the same time, it was incredibly healing for me to write the book, to go back and read some of my old blogs and my old journals and acknowledge how far I've come. I think when we're stuck in the day-to-day trenches of life, especially when we're grieving and we're treading tar through life, you know, it, it reminded me that I, I have been healing. I'm never going to be healed. Um, I will never have survived the loss of my daughter. I will always be surviving that loss, but I have come a long way from my days of struggling to get out of bed and not even remembering to brush my teeth to writing this book and being able to talk to you. So it's, um, it was incredibly healing and it, and it always helps to help others too. And to know that 
this book is meeting people where they are in their grief. Yeah. Was it, um, w- w- did you just decide one day, I'm going to write a book to help others? Or were you just kind of keeping track of your own feelings and thoughts, whatever you were going through on a given day? And then, you know, at some point realized, wow, there's a lot of information here that could be useful to other people going through this. Yeah, you know, I've been writing the blogs, and so I had this record of what I was experiencing, and I had a record of what people were responding to within those blogs. And, you know, after Adelaide died, I was I was forced into retirement from this job that I loved, and I had no idea what to do with myself professionally. Yeah. I'd quit my career in, in events and hospitality to take care of her, and writing was something that I really enjoyed. It allowed me to keep her memory alive and to connect with communities, both the epilepsy community, disability community, you know, so many people in grief that I had met. It felt like a natural step forward that was accessible to me in in my grief and in the place where I was mentally. Will you explain uh, the title of the book and it, kind of its subtitle and what it means exactly? I mean, the book is called yeah. Normal Broken, but you say it's the grief companion for when it's time to heal, but you're not sure that you want to. What What does that mean exactly? Yeah, so that we went back and forth on this subtitle so many times. The subtitle is so intentional. Uh, it is a grief companion. It is not a grief guide. I don't believe in grief guides. I don't think that there is one way to process grief, to move through grief. And I am not a therapist. I am not a mental health professional. That is not my goal with this book. My goal is to be a companion, to be a friend, to be someone who can sit with you and hold your hand and just acknowledge how uncomfortable grief is and how weird it is. And then it, I, when I was reading other grief books and self-help books, I felt like they came to the table assuming that I wanted to heal. And that wasn't true. Coming to terms with wanting to heal and accepting healing in my life, in the beginning, it felt like I was betraying Adelaide. Yeah. By healing when she never could, I had immense guilt over this idea of moving on or being happy in a life without her. So healing was very, um, it took me over a year to come to a place where I was like, maybe I do want to try being better, getting better, whatever that meant. And I, I realized that I had to move forward with my grief. It wasn't moving on. It was learning to find ways to keep Adelaide in my life in a different way than she had been when she was alive. Yeah. And so, yeah, that title was the, the subtitle in particular was incredibly intentional because I wanted people to understand what they were going to get with this book. Was there one thing that was, uh, you know, a moment for you when you made that realization? There was. So I 
had just, I want to say I had just gotten home from the grief retreat that I had attended, which is where the idea of being normal broken had come from. And it was right around the time, it was the day before <clears throat> President Biden's inauguration, actually. And he held a memorial for everyone that we had lost from COVID the day before his inauguration. And he gave a speech. And in that speech, he said, um, to heal, we must remember. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I had never thought of healing as remembering. I thought that in healing, I would have to forget and let go. And here was this man, regardless of your politics, has lost more than most. You know, his, his a baby and a wife and another a son. Yeah. You know, this man knows grief. And here he was saying that to heal, we must remember. And that has always stuck with me. We had the pleasure of uh, meeting Adelaide uh, several times when you'd bring her to the TV station. I think you may have even brought her up here to the radio station once or twice. Uh, but also, I think so. yeah, your um, your little son Jackson was always uh, a little dynamo running around all over the place. Uh, I was, <laughs> I, I, a little, little Jackson, what'd you tell me? He's like eleven years old now, something. He's eleven. He's in sixth grade. Oh my gosh! He made the middle school musical. He's playing travel baseball, and you know he had he had a rough go for a couple of years. Yeah. You know he lost his sister, and then COVID, and then we moved because we found out that Miguel was um, was offered Hamilton on Broadway just three or four days after Adelaide died. Oh. So it was a lot of wow. change for him in a very short period of time. But he is thriving now and um and, it, and it's has really a little, exciting a, to a see. little baby sister right he does so we um finalized the adoption for anessa she's almost five now and she is um she just molded and she just like melted into our family so seamlessly it was um she is you think Jackson is a dynamo. She is like straight firecracker <laughs> um, dancing on the tables of our house. And I mean, she she runs the house and she brought sunshine and laughter back into our home. Oh. And we're just so grateful to have her. Uh, I, I know I speak for a lot of people who say thank you for writing this book and thank you for helping others uh, by sharing what you and Miguel went through. Uh, the book is called Normal Broken, The Grief Companion for When It's Time to Heal, But You're Not Sure You Want To. Uh, Kelly, give our love to Miguel, and we hope that we will see you both here in Chicago uh, sometime soon. We're, uh, I, I know I just saw you the other day, but I feel like i got to give you a big hug uh, no matter when I see you. <laughs> I will take those hugs all day long, Dean. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely let you know when we're coming back. All right, Kelly. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining us. Some of you will remember the Betty Boop cartoons when they were first introduced back in the 1930s. The height of their popularity was 1930 to 35 in their original run. 
but they have been featured uh, on television and online ever since then. They are one of the longest-running. Betty Boop, a um, kind of a flapper uh, character uh, from back in the day, always getting into some kind of hijinks. Now Betty Boop is being made into a stage musical. It's kind of amazing to me that it uh, hasn't been done already in all of these years. But it's a musical production which is getting ready to go to Broadway next year. It's pre-Broadway tryout. will be here in Chicago beginning November 19th, and it'll be running here at the CIBC Theater until December the 24th. You can get ticket info at broadwayinchicago.com. Uh, starring as Betty Boop is Jasmine Amy Rogers, whom we'll hear from in a couple of minutes. But uh, first, I wanted to share the conversation that I had with 16-time Grammy winner David Foster. He's brought us so many songs for the big screen and for television, uh, for uh, musical artists like Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey and... Uh, Celine Dion and uh, so many others. And now he's uh, taking his first stab at the uh, Broadway stage. David Foster talking about bringing Boop, Betty Boop the musical to life. 16 Grammy Awards. You're one of the most renowned composers that there is. Yet, you've never done a play. Uh, This is your first time on the live stage, how does that make you feel? This is my first time. I'm a newbie, and uh, I'm loving it. I mean, you know, the honest truth is nobody ever asked. So I was busy, you know, in my little world making my records, and the thought of uh, Broadway, although I enjoyed going to shows, it never came up until somebody asked, hey, would you like to write the music to this musical Betty Boop? It's like, yeah, that sounds like fun. That sounds like a challenge. I didn't know how much of a challenge it would be, but uh, here we are now about to be on stage. Well, that's what I wondered. I mean, is, it, is your process different when you're <clears throat> recording a song, just re- you know, re- recording or producing someone else's music or doing it for a television show or a movie? Is it different than doing it now for the live stage? Well, yeah, the process is different. I, this is sort of akin to writing a song uh, for a movie. So uh, when I just said, if you said, go write a song right now, I'd be a blank page. But if you describe a situation for me, then that becomes the co-writer. So every song in this show, uh, there's been a co-writer because there's a scene that has to be written for. And so you, you get information from that scene. And it, and it kind of helps. Sometimes it hinders, but mostly it helps. So it was uh, not that much different than anything else I've ever done. So were you familiar with <coughs> Betty Boop going into this? I, I was because it was my mother's favorite cartoon animated thing she all of my life my mother always talked about Betty Boop cuz she grew up watching it it started yeah. she started in the, the 1930s yeah uh, your mom by the way his mom lived in 97 she's a great lady <laughs> i'm sure um, that's amazing um, yeah i mean betty boop's iconic of course i think it's top 5 recognized characters in the world of all time um, yeah i knew about betty boop but not uh, not a lot about her i knew oopoopa doop I knew the music because it was heavily influenced with, you know, quote unquote jazz, Cab Calloway, and 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 I loved that part of it. And uh, she was strong. She was fierce. She is strong. She is fierce. And um, she could be a woman of 2023, and she is now with this with this musical. And I guess that's that's what we're going to see during the show is a woman who is coming into her own, discovering herself. Yeah. 
who is taking on the world. So even though she is 95 years old, really, it's as timeless uh, today as it as it was back then, in a in a slightly different. Yeah, it really is. And, and if you think about it, in her two minute short cartoons, she took on the world every two minutes. You know, she was an airline pilot. She was a judge. She ran for president. She did all these incredible things. And she was just like, uh, she was the 1930s Dolly Parton. Is that a good analogy, do you think? I, I, I like that analogy. Well, Dolly Parton takes on the world and, and succeeds in everything yeah. that she does, for sure. Yeah. The song that uh, we got a first look at today was the Act One Closer, Where I Want to Be. What can you tell us about that? Uh, it was a song I wrote a, a while back. And, of course, it's morphed a little bit. And uh, we've added things, and we'll probably continue to add things. We add, you know, I... You know, I, I said at one point, hey, you know, we need to do some scat singing in there because Betty was good at it and our lead male character is a trumpet jazz player, so let's have them do a little interaction. Of course, you didn't hear the trumpet today. Uh, it was a very trimmed down version of the song, um, but uh, it's going to be a blowout when we, get, when we get it all staged and orchestrated and uh, it's going to be a, we're going to raise the roof with that song. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. Uh, are we going to hear some boop boop be doo I mean, is, are there little pieces of that? I wondered how you're going to take like 1930s culture, for which mm. people already know Betty Boop, mm-hmm. and translate it, how the music is going to translate Yeah, I, I didn't give that a lot of thought, although in reviewing her cartoons again, she says oop boop doop or a version of it in almost every cartoon. Because I was afraid of using that phrase because I thought, well, I didn't write that phrase. People are going to like go, oh, he's just throwing it. But she threw it into every cartoon. So we use it a couple of times in the show, and it's effective and it's cute. And um, yes, we're stealing, but she used it in every cartoon. So I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit amazed that, I mean, you are one of the most renowned uh, composers, producers, even performers, yet... I sense the self-doubt. The insecurity. The insecurity and the self-doubt. Really, I think that any creative person ought to have anyway. You've, you've sat in that chair a thousand times interviewing people like me and people more successful than me, and you, you know that that's a common thread of performers and artists, that this you know, insecurity and self-doubt. I mean, I've never done this before. I have no idea. I could fall flat on my face, and, and I would feel a, a huge responsibility if, if it didn't work. Um, and that the music is such a focal point of a musical. Um, but I love challenges, and um, I, I, I'm going at it, you know, as hard as I can. And as I, I like to do, my, my motto is, good is the enemy of great. So I'm, I try to be great every day, and most days, you know, you miss. But on those days when it actually, the greatness does come through, um, that's what I hope we have here, you know. But I'm, I'm, I'm not modest, I know that I'm good. Um, but um, this is daunting because it's, you know, Broadway is, is a, its own clique and I'm not part of that clique and um, I think I have to earn my yet. wings, you know. Yet. You know yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, see, I see success for you in this. Well, and just based on an, the two songs that we Well, heard thank already. you. Yeah. And just as an aside, you know, I had the great pleasure of speaking with Stephen Schwartz, the writer of Wicked, who I admire so much. Uh, and um, we had a long, hour-long conversation. I've never met him, but he was so generous and, and caring and kind, and he's like, just like, just be you, and it's going to be fine. You know, you, you've earned the right to be on Broadway. Yeah, coming up, David uh, uh, talks about 
one of the songs that we will hear this morning from the show. You're going to get an exclusive first peek at some of the music from Boop, the Betty Boop musical from David Foster when we come right back. Our Weekend Theater segment this week, sponsored by the Lyric Opera of Chicago's Daughter of the Regiment. More on Boop, the Betty Boop musical in just a second. Uh, Just a, a reminder that um, in our next half hour, we're going to be talking to the guy uh, from the Victory Auto Records commercials. You've been seeing those commercials in Chicago since the early 1980s, where uh, the guy comes up, opens the car door, the door falls off on him. Uh, That guy's name is Bob Zydell. He was a a a tow tow truck driver, for Victory Auto Records back in the day, and they featured him on that commercial that has now been part of Chicago television history for all these decades. Um, originally, the voice on the commercial was WGN legend Carl Grayson, and then WGN legend Floyd Brown, and now, uh, since 1991, I have been the voice on Victory Auto Records, uh, Victory Auto Records, who announced that they are closing their doors for good at the end of the month, as we learned uh, last week uh, here on the show, they're closing down, sadly. Uh, I'm going to be out there uh, at Victory Auto Records on the WGN-TV morning news this coming Tuesday morning, along with Anna Belleval and Bob Zidell also is going to be joining us. Uh, but uh, we're going to have, you know, have some fun with uh, some Victory Auto Records memories and memorabilia and trivia Tuesday on the WGN-TV Morning News. And coming up in our next half hour, Bob will uh, be joining us on the telephone uh, as we get ready to say goodbye, sadly, to Victory Auto Wreckers. So, uh, Boop the Musical had a big preview this past, uh, I don't know, I think it was a Wednesday, I think it was, Tuesday or Wednesday, over at the CIBC Theater on West Monroe Street. That's where it's going to be. Uh, doing its pre-Broadway run starting November 19th through December the 24th. You can go get tickets and see it before it goes to New York at broadwayinchicago.com. We got a preview by talking with David Foster, as we did just a moment ago, and the star of the show, Jasmine Amy Rogers. You'll hear that in a few minutes. But I also wanted to give you uh, a little listen to a couple of the songs they did for us at the CIBC Theater. You are... The very first to hear the music from Boop the Musical, as David Foster explains. Well, I, I, I like that song a lot. It's, it's um, not unlike the Whitney, Celine sort of songs that I, that I did back in the day. And, you know, there's not really a place, per se, at least on Top 40 Radio, there's not a place for those kind of songs today. But I think on the stage in Broadway, I think there is still a place to, uh, you know, show the audience that this girl obviously she's a great singer jasmine and um it's a powerful song and and i think it'll i think it'll do well what a voice uh jasmine amy rogers is her name uh, you're going to be hearing a lot about her once she hits broadway for that's for sure an amazingly talented actress and singer and dancer uh, who will star as betty boop in this new musical boop the musical Uh, We'll hear from her coming up after the news, and we'll hear another song from the show coming up after the news. This uh, Broadway production, by the way, is uh, being uh, put together 
by the two-time Tony Award-winning uh, Jerry Mitchell, who gave us uh, Kinky Boots, gave us uh, 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 Pretty Women, Pretty Woman on Broadway. Uh, he is an acclaimed director, and uh, I had a long, long, long chat with him also. And uh, I'm excited about the show. I'm uh, pretty excited to hear, uh, you know, what what he's got planned and what's going to be uh, coming up and the other songs from the show. But uh, there's there's a, a lot of potential going into this. And I'll tell you what else I love. I love that they bring these shows to Chicago before they go to Broadway. Now, you know, frequently when they get to Broadway, they're completely different shows. Uh, the biggest example of that was Mel Brooks, the producers, that uh, brought Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick here to Chicago. They did the show, the producers, over at the Cadillac Palace Theater for, I don't know, a month and a half, a couple of months, maybe, something like that. And then it went to Broadway, and then it wound up winning 12 Tony Awards. And I remember talking not only with Mel Brooks, but also the director of that show, the legendary Susan Stroman, of why Chicago? Why why did you know, why come here uh, to to do that? Uh, to do the the tryout? And they said that they respect Chicago audiences. That's why they come here, and that's why they do that. They get so much input from Chicago audiences on uh, what works in the show and what doesn't and what's good and uh, what needs to be taken out i saw the show maybe four or five times at different stages uh, both here in chicago and then once in new york and they were different uh, versions of the show each time that's how many times they changed it uh, based on audience reaction and what people were telling them so chicago audiences definitely have a role to play in the creation of these uh, musicals. There have been many of them that came here for the pre-Broadway tryout, then went to New York, some uber successfully, like the producers, and some you know not so successfully, but for the most part, uh, pretty successful. But Boop, the Betty Boop musical, will be the latest uh, that will be at the CIBC Theater. It's on West Monroe, 18 West Monroe, I believe, is... The exact address on that, uh, starting November 19th, it'll run through December the 24th. And if you want to get ticket information on that, broadwayinchicago.com. After the news, uh, you will meet the star of the show, Jasmine Amy Rogers, and hear another song from it. Plus, the Victory Auto Records guy, the guy that the door falls off on, is joining us. Coming up. Well, it's not often that you get to hear uh, songs that will be premiering uh, on Broadway uh, be, before the show ever even opens. But uh, you are going to hear uh, an amazing song from this uh, Betty Boop musical coming up in just a few minutes, Shwani. Boop, boop, a doo. Boop, boop, a doo, ba doo, ba doo. And you, Andy, boop, boop, a doo to you too. Right back at you. It's going to be the new uh, tagline of the show. <laughs> Dean Richards, Sunday morning. Is it going to be on right after, the, right after the new jingle? New jingle? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Dean Richards. There you go. The Dean Richards Singers. Boop boopy doo. <laughs> I'd like that to be the new tagline of the show. Andy and I are going to lobby for our own jingles now. Yeah, I think everybody should. Mm-hmm. See what we come up with. 
<laughs> David Hockberg. <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't have one already. <laughs> He's got everything. Um, but here's here's a, a a text that has touched my heart. I get many many texts on the show. Uh, most of them are nice. that's why there's a filter yeah yeah uh but here's one that said i would rather listen to a whole morning of victory auto records (laughs) than anything well there you go all right how it evolved over the years the victory auto records guy the guy (laughs) this guy is legendary this uh, can you think of a more legendary guy from chicago tv history than the guy who the door falls off when he opens oh, the car yeah. door. Right. Yeah, there's the, only a few that come even, even the, close. The, the one that comes closest to mind, though, is the newspaper boy from the old Long Chevrolet yeah. Timmy. commercials. Timmy. Timmy, right. the Long Chevrolet right. kid. Yeah. I was going to say the Empire Carpet guy. Or the Empire, Empire Carpet I guy. I would say more like the Empire yeah. Carpet guy. That's how legendary. Yeah. This guy, Bob Zidell is his name. He's a truck driver. He was a truck driver back then for victory. And they said, hey, come over here. We need you to do this uh, thing. <laughs> and he becomes a legendary television uh, person. We're going to hear from him coming up in just a few minutes. And this song from Boop the Musical right after this teen 30s cartoon that uh, has been dazzling America for all of these years, nearly 100 years. The Betty Boop cartoons now being made into a Broadway stage musical, getting its pre-Broadway run here in Chicago at the CIBC Theater. Starting on November the 19th, it'll run till December 24th. Tickets at broadwayinchicago.com. The production will star Jasmine Amy Rogers as Betty Boop. And we talked with her the other day and got a preview of one of the big songs from the show. It's very close to the cartoon, honestly. Um, once uh, My makeup has been shown a little bit, but once you see it all with the wig and the makeup, it looks it looks like cartoon Betty Boop. It's yeah. really, really amazing. And yeah. the, the amazing costumes by Greg Barnes, they really deliver that cartoon Betty Boop. And then as the show goes on, we see her become more, you know, three-dimensional of a person and, the, you know, all that. But because, yeah. because you start in black and white, right? I do, I do. And then transform like the Wizard of yes. Oz. Right? Yeah, oh, truly, yes, yeah. yes. And it's really cool the way we do it. Um, but, yeah, you're going to see and hear Betty. Betty, as you heard her and saw yeah. her before, yeah. How, how will Betty sound? She sounds pretty close to Betty. I, if I try to get into it right now... Um, yeah, she's just Betty Boop, and it's pretty close. I wouldn't say it's exactly, because I do my own kind of little spin on it, yeah. but, you know, she's got that little that little boop voice. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I need you to say boop boop doop right now. <laughs> boop boop a doop <laughs> Okay, fellas, T of G, wait, you're saying... Amy Rogers as Betty Boop. Boop the Musical, November 19th until December 24th at the CIBC Theater on West Monroe Street downtown. Get tickets at broadwayinchicago.com. Coming up, the guy from the Victory Auto Records commercial joins us uh, right after this. It's 1118 on WGN. Be worth money. Call Victory Auto Records at 860-2000 for a quote. (laughs) 
Victory will tow no matter what condition your car's That's in. That's the original Victory commercial from back in the day. The spot from 1991 is when I started doing Victory the voice on the Victory Auto Records commercial. But that commercial has been around much, much longer than that. Uh, early 80s is when it all started, when we saw the guy standing on the street and he opens the car door and the door falls off on him. That guy is Bob, was and still is Bob Zidell, who joins us right now from uh, from his truck. Bob, welcome to the show. Where are you right now? Right now, I'm almost home. I'm in Joliet area. You're in the Joliet, Joliet area. Missouri. Yeah, and you are uh, you're a truck driver now, so you've been you you've uh, been on a run, uh, I guess, right? And winding it up this morning, right? Um, no, this one was a personal run. I, I'm in my pickup truck. Oh, you're in your, my big truck. You're in your pickup truck right now. Okay. Well, I'm glad you could right. join us this morning. As we were saying earlier, you are very much a part of Chicago TV history, uh, being the guy that was chosen to be in that Victory Auto Records commercial. How did that whole thing even begin for you? Well, I used to work for Victory back in the day, and... Uh, Ken Weisner, the owner, asked me if I wanted to do it. I said, sure, why not? So you were... just didn't know I was going to go to song. Right, right. I don't think anybody thought that a commercial would uh, be going on this long. But so, so how, how did the filming work? They they took you over from your pickup truck. You would be the guy that would come and tow a car that Victory uh, was, uh, you know, going to collect. Uh, but what they called you over and they they put you on the street. Is is that how that happened? No, uh, Ken wanted to do a. A new uh, commercial, and so we took a uh, a car out of the yard, and uh, I took the bolts out of the door, so we rigged it <laughs> so it would come off. Right. And then uh, we took the towed it over to to the side street over there, and then uh, we started filming it. And uh, that- Actually, you know, I'm not keeping. How many times did it take to do it? Did did, uh, did you do it in one take? Did it take several times? Uh, was there somebody coaching no, you did. while you were doing it? We did it in two takes, and uh, there was somebody, either the camera crew or whoever was uh, filming it, told me what they wanted to do and, you know, kind of, Talked me through it. Helped you through it a little bit. Look at the camera and stuff like that. Yeah, they probably told you act surprised when the door falls off, something like like that stuff, right? Yeah, but we did it in two takes. The first take, uh, the door didn't come off the way it should have. I stepped into it, and then all of a sudden it came down like a shear and flopped over. Almost uh, cut my leg. Oh, jeez. Okay. Second take. The second thing, I knew what was coming. <laughs> yeah. So. Because you kind of back uh, away from the door a little bit. On the, the version that we've yeah. seen on TV, you kind of back away almost like you knew uh, that you might get hurt. <laughs> so how has this changed? Oh. How has this changed? I mean, did, did people recognize you and say, oh, you're the guy from that commercial all these years? Not really, but word of mouth 
people who do, did know that I did it, they just passed the word to all their friends, and just, it's like a snowball effect. Yeah, that so, that is really something. A lot of people know me. Are, are, are you surprised at how long this has been going on and the 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 the, the legend that goes along with this? Uh, yes, I didn't expect it to last this long. I figured it was going to last a year and it would be done. But yeah, yeah. 37 years later, it's still going. How about that? Well, up until the 18th. Right. Well, the the 18th, and then they're closing the doors for good at the end of the month, is the way that's going to work. But but you and I have made a fortune, right? Being on the commercial all these years, we're just rolling in Maybe money. You. <laughs> what what did you get for it? Got two hours pay back in the day. <laughs> two hours of pay. Yeah, I got. You know, I was I was just uh, starting off. This was literally my first week when I started working at WGN as an off-camera announcer, and I got whatever the daily rate was that day, and that's it. No, no residuals, no nothing. So you, you and I, Larry Potter said the other day that you and I needed a better agent to have negotiated. <laughs> I've been told that a lot. Yeah, yeah, so have I, believe me. But you have uh, some uh, some uh, memorabilia from that shoot, uh, right? You you still have some pretty cool stuff that you were wearing that day, correct? I still have the watch band, and I still <laughs> have the blue shirt. How about that? That's amazing. Do And do people want to see that, you know, when... People realize who you are. They they want to you know see the original stuff. No, they just ask me if I still have the watch band. Yeah, but I still do. And you still, still do. trying to figure out if it's worth money. Well, you know that old watch band may be worth money. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna, you're going to be joining us on Tuesday morning out there at Victory, right? Yes, I will. I can't wait. I can't. I, we we met one time years ago. And I can't wait to see you again, because uh, you and I are—we're we're the guys left, you know, from all these years that this commercial has been on television. Uh, you and I—you especially—I mean, you're the original guy. I'm—I'm uh, I'm the third announcer to come along on this, but you are the original guy from the commercial. And uh, I can't wait to see you and to, we could tell some of these stories on TV. And you say that where you shot this commercial was right near. Where Victory is, uh, uh, out. Somebody actually posted. I was looking through Facebook. Somebody actually posted the address in the street where it's at. Oh wow! So I gotta go check it out to make sure. Yeah, I want to go check it out too. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you on Tuesday. Thank you for joining us, and uh, thank you for all these uh, wonderful memories and being such a good sport about it. We really appreciate it, uh, Bob. Thank you. Not a problem. All we'll right. see you Tuesday. All right. Safe motoring out there. We'll see you Tuesday morning. That's Bob Zydell. He's the original Victory Auto Records guy from the commercial. He's the guy that the door falls off onto him, uh, you know, while while they're looking at that car. And he'll join us. I'm going to be out at uh, Victory Auto Records as they get ready to close their doors for good. Uh, you know, sad, but... 
you know, time marches on, and uh, I totally respect Kyle Weisner is now the owner of Victory Auto Records. He took it over from his dad, Ken, who Bob was just talking about. And, uh, you know, he wants to, you know, relax a little bit, have time to his own, totally get it, totally respect it. Sad to see them go, but, uh, man, what a part of uh, Chicago memorabilia, right? The Victory Auto Records commercials. We'll be out there Tuesday morning on WGN-TV Morning News. We'll look forward to uh, seeing uh, him and, you know, anybody that wants to come out there. Who knows? You may need a used carburetor. You know, that's the, this will be the time to get it.